0: Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged, and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Woo! Yay! Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Oh, dear, we got excited. that is the picture that is the picture that I want us to get when we're talking about perfectionism in a way um, I kind of give it away like you could just turn off the message and and just remember that but I want to I want to dive into this today so I uh, do me a favor and Share this message. Okay. So uh, let's do that. Let's press post. And let's spread some good news. Let's spread some hope uh, with our friends and our and our and our family who who need who need some hope. Who are like Charlie who's fallen down. There's a Karen out right there right now. Sorry, Karen's, but apparently you're freaking out right now and you need you need some hope and and some encouragement so share the message because today we are answering the question how do I let go of perfectionism how do I let go of perfectionism and the feeling of shame and failure by not living up to those uh, perfectionist expectations so a lot of guilt and shame that can go along with this but I want to say this too from the start I'm going to ask this question, when do you want someone else, someone else to be a perfectionist? The comment in there, uh, when do you want somebody else to be a perfectionist? I watched the SpaceX landing as well as I watched the the launch a couple months ago, right? You want whoever's controlling that, ever writing that computer program to be a perfectionist. So, uh, comment, when do you want somebody to be a perfectionist? If I'm playing golf and you're on my team, I, I need you to sink that putt. Um, I want you to be a perfectionist, okay? Yeah, Lynn says, an engineer building a bridge, yes. So we're gonna, right from the start, I wanna acknowledge there's certain things, I'm not labeling perfectionism as everything like, oh, it's it's terrible, there's certain things that we need it. But at the same time, a lot of us, Um, yeah, Leslie says, my surgeon, you want a surgeon that is a perfectionist. Oh, well, I think we'll just wing it or we'll take it by faith. No, we, we definitely need them to uh, step in and, and take care of it. Some things, uh, but perfectionism too, like a lot of us, as we think about this, okay, we might be in the case where I don't feel like I'm a perfectionist. Like, mm, I, that's somebody I know. perfectionists. I know someone who has some perfectionist tendencies, but I don't know if I do. Because I mean, look—if you just looked at my yard, okay? Anybody? Can anybody? Rather, you know, like look at my yard. I'm not a perfectionist, obviously. Um, or hey, I don't put filters on my social media post. Yeah, right. But you know, you might you might be thinking, well, I you know, I'm not, I'm not a perfectionist. Or hey, you might not feel like you are. Uh, a perfectionist because, well, you're a Cowboys fan, and so you're like, how could I be considered a a perfectionist? I'm sorry, Cowboys fans, you know I love to hate on you, Um, but we have perfectionist tendencies. Um, Almost all of us do, Um, and yeah, Kat says, I want the person doing our taxes, yes <laughs> uh, pilots uh, to be perfectionists okay But what I want to hint at today is that we all struggle. We all struggle with uh, perfectionism. We all have an area. I could dig for it. I kind of want to know what that is for you and I may not get the, the I may not get the definition of perfectionism right like just nailed down for you because as I've been looking at it this week, there's a lot of different scenarios, but it's, it's basically the area of high expectation for yourself. This one area where you have high expectations and standards, and in a way it's wrecking your inner peace. An area of your life where it's wrecking relationships. And uh, we all struggle. I'm not talking about OCD, which is a, like a psychi- psychiatric condition where you can get help for that. And, and there's some things there that you can't necessarily uh, control. I'm not talking about that. But I am talking about areas where you struggle. And this is not a message for you to point fingers. All right, this is not a message for you to to look at the other person in the room if you're doing church at home and, and start elbowing, okay? Because there are things that you, I'm gonna point a finger at you. There's, there's areas... <laughs> that you struggle with that you carry deeply about maybe it's people coming over to your house and you obsess over the environment all right husbands do not amen in the comments all right on that or, or or i'm just picking on you all right maybe you obsess over being on time like we asked the question in freedom online this week and you guys posted some great pictures of where we all kind of obsess and we have these hidden uh, perfectionist um tendencies and one was on time. It was like TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Some of you guys, you you actually literally are perfectionists over your TikTok uh, videos as well. That's a different issue altogether. But we get so fixated. Um, we get, yeah, Rita, thank you. <laughs> we're, we're human too. Hey, that's what I'm actually going to talk about on, on Monday. Uh, the, the If you find yourself saying, well, actually... Uh, you might have some perfectionist tendencies. Uh, that's a that's a trigger word for us. Someone says, that, "Well, actually, it's spelled." Or, "Well, actually, the equation is." No, I'll leave your "actually"s out of it. Um, but we get so fixated. We get this fixed mindset, and I'm one of the biggest strugglers. Okay, I, we can get fixated about the uh, the the littlest things. For instance. We used to back in the day when you could go to the the pool they would they would uh sell suckers for 25 cents and uh my wife had the brilliant idea uh to bribe our kids to get out of the pool when it was time to leave to hey get them some suckers well i wasn't too keen on on this idea i didn't necessarily know that i remember one time the boys were like hey we want a sucker we want a sucker can we get a sucker we're going to leave i'm like no you don't need a sucker and, and I'm thinking about cavities. I'm thinking about sugar. And they're like, well, mom, are we, they wanted to get two. They wanted to get two suckers. No, you can't have two suckers. I'm like, I'm not just going to just wheel out money. These are 25 cent suckers. And Rita let them have two. <laughs> I'm freaking out about 25 cent suckers saying, well, I guess there goes the college fund. You know, we're going to have to pay for all these cavities and all this. And these kids, they're going to be wild child now. All about two 25 cent suckers. Not that big of a deal. We get so fixated on on little things. We we can, here's where it really, here's where it can really land for a lot of us. When we're trying to say, well, I don't really struggle, but then we start to struggle. We expect others to be perfect. Your, your kids are yelling amen to that one, if they're listening. The, we, we expect others to be more perfect. This landed at me uh, just this last week. My boys. <laughs> I expect them to be perfect when when it's when movie time's over or we, get, we allow them to play a certain amount of time on video games and so we set a timer. And I expect them when that timer ends because they are so lucky and so fortunate that we allowed them to have movie time or video game time or whatever. You know, when that timer hits, hey, time to turn it off. And what's their response? One more minute. One more minute. We want to play one more minute. The other day, I'm working from home, and I kid you not, I'm doing work and they're wanting to play. And and dad, can we play? Yeah, can we play? Can we play? Hey, give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me I'm I'm working on something. Give me a minute. And I kid you not, the my my oldest, he looks at me and said, "Hey, dad." Yeah. Just what well, You kind of sound like us when we play video games. <laughs> <sighs> Like, how dare, how dare you, you know, expose a truth in my life that I'm expecting perfection out of them, yet I'm doing the exact same thing. It's like a mirror our kids can be or our spouse can be a mirror. And, and so it can cause us, our perfectionism can cause us to lose focus on what matters most, people. We're focused on performance. And and we'll 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 flower it up and make it all nice and sound good. Well, I you know I want to raise respectful kids and I want to do this and I want to. But actually, we're 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 trying to maybe hide some things or mask some things that when we're not comfortable about with ourselves. I mean, a lot of us. Sharon and Trent gave us some great encouragement in the welcome. <laughs> they just hey the, these are issues, but you're going to get through it. A lot of us have spent our lives chasing clean carpet. Or building the perfect hot rod in the in the garage or something, and we've missed out on people. Cause we are we are chasing perfection. It's like it's like this right here. A carrot. We are chasing carrots. And perfectionism is like chasing carrots. It's there's never enough. There's always something more. There's the pursuit of more. And one of the greatest enemies of your peace right now one of the greatest enemies of your peace is trying to have it all together is is trying to have <laughs> trying to trying to chase peace and the result is not only do you lack peace but you you add on get guilt and shame onto it as well shame and guilt are right there with you um and even religion adds to this i mean just <laughs> look at look at um look at what jesus says how dare you, Jesus? <laughs> you are to be perfect, even yeah. as your heaven, is, a Father in heaven is perfect. Well, thank you, Jesus, for making me uh, create a standard that I, that I can't live to. <laughs> can't live up to God's standards. So religion compile pile on the, the guilt and shame in this too. So how do I let go of perfectionism when I got verses like this? And and I, I you know I'm also not saying perfectionism is hey to have good high standards don't don't miss me on that but when it starts affecting relationships and when it starts wrecking your inner peace and it starts affecting the way you live well then we need to we need to talk about this how do we let go how do we let go of of perfectionism and another question I want to ask you is you can go ahead and put this in the comments what in what area are you prone to chasing carrots. Where, where we, I, I mentioned a few, but that's not going to hit them all. You know, I talked about uh, kids or, or work or success, but where, where are you chasing carrots in your life right now? When we let go of perfectionism, number one, perfectionism at its root is a spiritual issue. Perfectionism at its root is a spiritual issue. And I want to show this to you. In Genesis, back to Genesis. We got, We hop back to Genesis a lot because there's so much that just starts right here. It says, The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden. This is in Genesis chapter 3. Right after they ate the apple, or we don't know if it was an apple, a fruit from the tree. And right after they did that, they they sinned. God told them, don't do this. And then they did it. Imperfection. Sin. And they hid From the Lord God among the trees in the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? And watch what what he says. He says, I heard you. Adam saying, I heard you. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And then God says, well, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat? And watch this. His response is, this is never good, guys. Never do this. Okay? Learn from Adam. But he says, that woman... The woman you put here, she gave me the fruit. That's a bad excuse then, terrible excuse now. Then the Lord God said um, to the woman, why have you done this? And she points fingers to the woman said, the serpent deceived me. And so I ate. We all have imperfection in our lives and we, we will try to cover with fear we will try to cover, uh, you know, when shame comes, we want to hide the imperfection. That's what I'm trying to point out, is that that when, when, when we have imperfection in our lives, we like to hide. We'll blame other people, that woman, that snake. We will d- just flat out be in denial in our lives. And so what I want to do is bring a little bit of self-awareness today, all right? So the first... How do I overcome my imperfection? The first thing I want you to do, and this is not fun, I want you to sit in your imperfection. Have you ever gone into a public restroom where the person in front of you, like, blew up the restroom? Like, you walked in and you're, like, gagging to yourself because they just blew it up. like. And then you'll also in that moment. Have you ever had anyone that has that like air freshener, like the 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 cinnamon stick air freshener or something, and that's been sprayed as if that's going to block anything? Like <laughs> I know I'm probably grossing some of you out right now, but that's perfectionism. Like we're trying to 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 put some cinnamon stick air freshener after we just blew out the entire bathroom. And God can see right through that. And anybody else who walks in right after that can 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 see right through that. Like we need some self-aware. Yeah, exactly, Martha. I'm like, eh. yeah, air freshener can make it worse, Shelly. Perfectionism's kind of like that. We try to we try to gloss over. We try to put on the filter. We try to hide. We try to deflect. We rarely wanna sit in our own imperfection and look at it. And let me just, there's a dark side here. This is, it's gonna get dark here for a minute. You're not gonna like this. You're gonna to wanna to click off, stick with me, because there's hope moving past this. But what I'm trying to show you is perfectionism is a spiritual issue at its root. We do not like to show our imperfection. We will cover, we will hide, we will blame, but we do not wanna show our imperfection. Um, I am, guys, listen up because I'm, I'm going to talk to us for a minute. And some, some of you ladies, you might resonate with this too. But I, I have nice guy tendencies. I want you to think I'm a nice guy. I feel like I am a nice guy. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be a nice guy. I want to make people happy, but there's an unhealthy side to that as well. If I live for performance and I want you, all I live for is to make you happy, and I, I, I there's some th- there's some dark sides to nice guys. And and this is something that has has been I, where I gotta sit in it a little bit. But at the same time, it has helped me so much and provided freedom. For some of us in our perfectionist minds, we're dishonest. Now you pride yourself on being honest but actually you're dishonest in your perfectionism. You hide mistakes because we can't show our flaws. We'll tell partial truths. We will omit information because we're trying to cover up and hide. Some of us in our perfectionism, we avoid conflict. So we will actually repress our feelings. We're very secretive. And and we actually pride ourselves in keeping that calm, um, emotional, Uh, calmness and and stillness about us, but we, we actually, in reality, we just avoid conflict. Some of us in our perfectionism, we are super controlling. We try to control people. We try to control things. We will manipulate. We're manipulators. Some of us in our perfectionism, we are full of rage. Now, we deny getting angry. Because on the outside, you never see me get angry. I'm a nice guy. But if you have a lifetime of frustration and resentment that that is creating a pressure cooker, that's why some of you feel this low level of anger all the time. Sometimes nice guys are just full of rage, sometimes perfectionists are just full of rage. You can be a perfectionist, can be addictive. When you got all that bottled up inside of you, it has to come out somewhere. And so you are addicted to relieving stress. You're, you're compulsive, you're manipulative. Now, we're like, wait, whoa, whoa. I don't know if any of these resonate with you. Like a lot of times we can be frequently isolated too as perfectionists because who wants to, who wants to hang out with someone who's dishonest or secretive or controlling or manipulative or a rageaholic. This happens all the time. You, There are people who you know, on the outside things looked perfect and then something happened, something snapped in You're like, I had no idea. I had no, because we put on the mask. And we hid. This is a different way of thinking about perfectionism because I thought I was just having high expectations and high demands and I was wanting people to be better. But when we start looking at it, when we sit in it to see what it is, I, I'm, I'm controlling, I'm manipulative, I'm dishonest. I'm like, I have to wrestle with these things. Please wrestle with these things because the people who you love the most hope you wrestle with these things and say, yeah, is this an issue for me? When Jesus does this, okay, when Jesus points this out, he's never to accuse you. He actually wants to set you free. That's the difference between, between shame, which Satan would say, oh, look how horrible you are. Look at the mess you've created. And Jesus said, I'm trying to set you free. i want, I want trying to create some self-awareness here. Like my wife helped me out the other, last night. Okay, I love to chomp on ice. We had some company over, and I'm eating ice, and I'm just chomping on ice. And she's letting me know, like your self-awareness is not letting you know that everybody's super annoyed with the ice chomping. It's very distracting, and so she has to. She helps me out. I, that's a good thing. When Jesus points things out, it's never to shame you or guilt you. It's always to make you better, even though it's hard, even though we got to sit in it. So here's a couple. Here's a couple of practical things. All right. You have to be okay as a perfectionist. You have to be okay that people may not like you, and that's okay. Now I'm not intentionally going to go out and make people not like me, but it is okay for you to be upset with me, and I can still thrive in that environment. That's going to be huge for a perfectionist. I I did this a while back. Okay, I, again I'm, I'm I'm admitting like I have some nice guy tendencies, and I'm trying to work on those. I want you to like me, but I I avoid conflicts, so. One of the things I did to sit in it, this is really weird and this is really silly, but I was um, at an airport and I was waiting. um, I just got off the plane and I was waiting for Rita to get off the plane. She was in a different seat in a different aisle and back behind me. And so there was this big, large crowd of people coming off. Now, nice guy says, just get out of the way because that's uh the nice thing to do. But I was like I'm I was in the middle of working on this and this wasn't like a huge big deal. Um I just stood right in the middle of the aisleway and I made people walk around me. Very rude, right? Um but I I was there was so much anxiety that built up in me. And in that moment, I was able to sit in there and say, why do I feel so uncomfortable here? Why is this such a big deal? And you know what? Every, no one yelled at me. There was a few people that actually bumped into me and I stood my ground. And this was, again, I'm not advocating going and doing this, but this was a helpful, just practical thing for me to just, why am I so uncomfortable with this and working out some things in myself? That was a, a weird situation, but something that, that helped me to say, it's okay, that people may not always like me. Some of you, this might be your next step in dealing with this. Go to the store, go to Smith's in your sweatpants. Go without any makeup on. Like, I, I, I don't know what that is for you, but that, that tendency, whatever that tendency is, is to acknowledge it, don't deny it, and then figure out what it is that's driving behind it. Some of you, you might need to identify one to three people that are a safe place to be you. No filter. Do you have that person in your life? If you. Want, how do I get rid of perfectionism? Okay, acknowledge that I'm imperfect. Don't try to hide it. Sit in it, address it, but maybe go talk, you need to talk to some people about it. All of this, all of this, I said it's a spiritual, um, a, a spiritual issue. I'm trying to get you to see you need a savior. You, you need a savior. That's what all of this, this points to is the need for a savior. None of us are perfect. And in our, in our, in our trying to be perfect and in chasing carrots, we're saying, I, I don't need you, Jesus. I got this covered. And, and like a, a bad oh, uh, uh, odor uh, spray, it's a bad cover. It's, it is not working. We need a Savior. Scripture says it like this. It says, for everyone, that means everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. This is not to shame you, but to set you free. That we do have a Savior. This is the entire narrative of the Bible from the beginning. Is that I'm imperfect. So there is no shame in saying, hey, I want to be set free. That's, that's where it starts. I, I'm imperfect. I need some help in all of this. There's two stories that go along with this. And uh, um, I'm going to share uh, next uh, or this week, Daniel uh, Owen. He did one on Zacchaeus. Think about Zacchaeus, who was a, a, uh, uh, a tax collector, a hated tax collector. But he saw his imperfection and Jesus set him free. He sat in his imperfection. He said, I'm going to go make it right. Contrast that to the rich young ruler, another rich guy who meets Jesus. And he says, I've done all the stuff, Jesus. <laughs> What's, what do I got to do to, 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 go, to, to go to heaven? I I've I've kept all the commandments. I'm good. But Jesus, he wanted them to sit in his imperfection. He says, if you want to be perfect, if you want to be perfect, go sell all your possessions and give your money to the poor. He, he pointed out that area where he was chasing carrots. He says, then come follow me. But the young man heard this and he went away sad for he had many possessions. One of the most tragic stories in scripture. So Jesus, again, he's not trying to shame him by, by pointing out say, hey, you need to sit in this, bud. No, he's trying to set them free. Zacchaeus sat in it and was set free, and he changed that environment. People weren't happy about it. Jesus didn't care. He wasn't about popularity. He was about relationship. Jesus was about people, not performance. And that's the choice that we have to make as perfectionists. Am I going to choose performance and get distracted and lose focus or am I gonna choose people today and people we know are imperfect but there's freedom to be found I want to know here's a question I want you to ask think about this and, and, and talk about this in the comments how can you prioritize loving others over chasing perfection this week give me give me a, a specific example about how you can Prioritize loving others over chasing perfection this week. See, God wants, He wants to show you your imperfection to grow you. And in many cases, He wants to use that imperfection to show others, not hide. When we hide our imperfections, we're actually stunting growth for you and for others. But if you embrace it and allow God to use it, and redeem it that truth will set you free you'll grow and as you show others they'll grow now I intentionally took a verse out of context that's actually one of the questions that's actually one of the questions that didn't make it up to the top of our list um, what happens when you take a verse out of context this one but you are to be perfect even as your father in heaven is perfect the Greek word uh perfect is I'm gonna sit, I'm gonna butcher it, but it's teleo. Teleos, which means to be tele, it's teleos, teleos, which means to be complete, which which means to be like fully grown, mature, like an adult to to grow up to to finish something. And so it has that element of perfection, but it's not the perfection that we think of. As, like, oh, you got to be perfect. God's perfect. You got to be perfect. And you can't measure up to that standard. No, it's like an eight year old is not fully grown yet. An eight year old has still got some work to, to do. Jesus is saying, hey, if you look in this verse where he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount, right above this, he's saying, hey, love your enemies. You've been taught to hate, but I say, love. That's the, uh, that's the immediate context of this verse. Hey, you've been taught to hate your enemies? I want to say love your enemies. So go be made mature. Go grow up. <laughs> you are to grow up just like your daddy in heaven. You, the perfect purpose, what he's trying to say is you got a perfect purpose in life and that's to love people. Grow in that. Love your enemy. Grow in love. That is how you pursue God. Not a list of rules. (laughs) Shelly, I like how you said, hey, I'm going to go fishing with my my young adult son without lecturing him. Okay. (laughs) That's it. And and I don't know this current situation. That may be easier said than done. But focusing on people versus performance. Jesus says go and, and love on people. And some of us, we're hard on others, or we are hard on ourselves. And Jesus is is saying, I I, I want you to grow in that love. I want to bring this picture back up, because this is is it right here. Here's my wife with our our son. And if you can hear what she's doing, she's encouraging him the entire time. She's not shaming him for falling down. She's she's encouraging him. And and you can see, like, he's not, he's excited to take some of these next steps. And he's learning and he's growing and he falls and he's imperfect. But he's like a year old. When God looks at you. This is the picture that he look at my child taking their step. It is so good. Oh, they fell. Get back up. Get back up. You can do this. Don't try to be perfect. And that's what we have a perfect Savior. And that is the message. I need help. I have a perfect Savior. When Jesus was on the cross, When he was dying on the cross, he said, it is finished. Teleos. It is complete. Perfectly complete. I completed the mission. Jesus was the perfect Savior. Not so that we could cover by doing all these works that we'll never cover. You want to know the perfect cover for your imperfection? It's called Grace jesus came full of truth we need to sit in it and he came full of grace and that those two things together that's love that is love what you need to know if you're falling down today you're trying to take some baby steps and you're falling down today you are perfectly imperfect when god sees you he doesn't see that he sees his son Jesus on the cross saying it is finished. He did the work for you. So if you're if you look at Jesus's life how he lived it, he went to the unclean. He went to the outcast. If you are unclean today, you are the perfect candidate to be used by God in your imperfection. If you're an outcast today, you are the perfect candidate. If you are in an impossible situation today you are the perfect candidate to be used by God you don't have to be perfect you just need to be willing Zacchaeus was far from perfect but he was willing the rich young ruler was far from perfect And he was unwilling. And the destiny of the two could not have been further. You have purpose, even in your imperfection today. And you say, how is it possible grace is the perfect cover? It's Jesus plus nothing. You don't have to do anything to earn salvation and be made right with God. He loves you. He died for you. He's given you the grace to say, Hey, I just want you to be my Lord and my Savior, and I want a relationship with my Heavenly Father. And then you get to take those baby steps with Him. <laughs> and it's not always easy, but it's always better. Close with this John. John, one of the best friends of Jesus. He's trying to describe who this God is, who this Jesus is. He says, God is love. And he says such love, such love that Jesus had truth and grace has no fear. Because perfect love expels all fear. Some of the some of the carrots that we're chasing right now, and we're so stressed out and we're missing peace. The house is always a mess, and I'm hammering on those kids because it's they're never clean, or they're all these. All these twenty years down the road, I'm gonna look back at that mess. I'm gonna look at the living room and say, I, "I would give anything for that mess to be back again." I would give anything to have one more conversation again. I was chasing carrots, and I was missing people. Perfect love will cast out all fear. I'm trying to get us. A bigger picture perspective today of how god sees you so your eyes can be open so you can see others and love them too how do i let go of perfection i need to sit in my own imperfection for a while i need to stop denying i need to stop hiding i need to stop blaming and making excuses and say no there's a dark side to this and i can spray it and cover it up and say well i'm trying to just raise respectful kids or I'm trying to just be a good, you know, I, Hey, that's the, that's the price of success, right? If you want something done right, you got to do it yourself, right? Maybe there's a dark side to it. Maybe I need to sit in that. Maybe I need to find somebody today and I can talk to them and just share and work out some of these issues where there's no filter. I can be imperfect, but then I'm going to rest in God's grace. And know that I am forgiven. When I give my life to Him, I'm fully forgiven. And now I'm free to go love other people as He's loved me. You know, right now, we live in a cancel culture. Where if you've screwed up, if you said something wrong, canceled. I want I want to tell you, Jesus was the original cancel Canc- not cancer, cancel culture. Jesus, who, who saw through your sin and my sin and said, I love you regardless. I will die on the cross for your sin, canceled. Death, canceled. In a relationship with God in eternity forever because he loves you. And right now, I don't know where you're sitting at with this, but he's not trying to shame you and point fingers. No, no, no. He's saying there's a better way. There's a better way. There's love, there's hope, there's purpose in you. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired